0: welcome back to boss and Cage podcast so my man mark um he's an engineer by trade and i'm gonna let him kind of tell you more of the details of the story but i think it's such a a, a a dynamic story for him to step into this space and if you guys are familiar with season one and we had an interview with dr b and about maternal medicine and mark is is more so into femtech, and I'm going to let him define what femtech really is. But he has a really cool application and product, and a, a great solution to a problem that you know majority of women are going through. So, you know, I always name whoever I'm interviewing a particular name, and today I'm going to name Mark the femtech boss. So the floor is yours, Mark. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about you and what are we going to be talking about today?
1: Hello, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. My name is Marco Musgar, I'm the I'm CEO and co-founder of March Health, um, it's an AI-powered women's health assistant, and we are in a femtech space. If I want to define femtech, it's women's health assistant, it's a term that uh, has been used for uh, at least couple of years in the industry, and it refers to the whole women's health space and startup uh, ecosystem.
0: Hmm. So, I mean, for the average user, they'll hear femtech and they they understand fem is female, tech is probably some kind of technology. But you know, you're you're in a space that you know I think most people can't even comprehend. I think it's kind of like a sci-fi thing, right? So, I mean, what what does your actual device do for an actual female?
1: So, what we have is a, a one inch by one inch wearable. Um, the thickness is half an inch, which gets connected to a pad. And let's say I'm on my period, I put it under my belly or on my back, it mutes the pain.
2: Mm. Uh,
1: we are using a technology um, uh, related to micropulses that gets through all the skin, all the uh, uh, fat, water, and everything in between six, seven centimeters to three inches, gets into the source of the menstruation pain and mutes it. So, it's totally safe to use. And we have done multiple focus groups and medical studies to make sure that one, it is safe. Two, it's a high efficacy and it's like effective. And we got 96% success rate. Defining success here being able to reduce the pain from eight, nine, 10 to zero, one, two, three, both scale of 10. You know that, like in, in the pain management world, it's everything is self-reported, mm-hmm. self-reporting. So you ask the user how you feel about the pain, and then they give you a number zero to ten. And then um, after using the wearable, you repeat the question and you get a new number.
0: Hmm. So, I mean, obviously, coming from an engineer background, and, and again, I, I, by the time we're done with this, we're going to have a, a clear definition of, of, of this product and, and how does it work. So I listened to, I think, one of your other podcasts. Um, and based upon what I heard, it, it's kind of like electric probes to a second. It has like an electric pulse to it. And is that what you're, you're doing to help manage like the, con- the contractions of the area of the female that has the pain? Is that correct?
1: It is correct. Okay. So um, this is how we are doing this. We are using micropulses. So I'm sure you uh, or um, the audience, they have used, we, we all have used it, uh, some sort of like tense unit or tense machine uh, in physical therapy sessions. It's something that they put on the skin mm. for muscle pain or any kind of soreness that we might have. Mm -hmm. So what we are using is the next generation or basically the cousin of the same technology. Mm -hmm. Uh, We send micropulses into the body, but the difference is that we are here, we are not dealing with the surface pain and muscle pain. We are dealing with internal organ pain. So uh, sending it through the body uh, to get to the source of the pain and then block the nerve Mm Uh, from sending the message, the pain message to the brain. Hmm. And we are combining it with a heating option. So not only we block the pain, but also we give that pleasant experience
0: Mm -hmm.
1: uh, during the first couple of days of the um, um, cycle that the menstruating person might be in pain to have a more like a pleasant and relaxing experience.
0: Hmm. So in this case you're talking about like this is, this is the hardware application but in your case you have hardware and software so now we have this device on this device is is, is penetrating us with, with frequencies and it's helping to, to block the pain receptors what is the software side doing what is what information is it recording how is it recording how is the ai actually integrated into this
1: so we started a bit backstory uh to quite before answering um the question so we started with uh looking into like endometriosis and diagnostic part and we noticed that the biggest problem is the the data lack of data in this industry because of it's, it has been very underserved and underfunded for so long because of this the conversation
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh so many other things that i'm sure we um have time to get into and because of that we preferred to be um, a consumer-faced therapeutic solution, and then started uh, developing this one. I'm an engineer myself. Uh, We have an engineering team, uh, PhDs of mechanical engineering, electrical engineering, and different um, doctors and OBGYNs that we have as part of the team to make sure that what we are delivering is exactly what the user wants. We started with the physical pain, and we noticed that, Yes, this is one of the biggest challenges, but it's not enough because 93% of the people who are menstruating also experience some sort of emotional, or psychological discomfort. So that was the reason that we decided to add a mobile application to accompany the wearable that we are building. So to, to be able to have a holistic approach to the whole um, menstrual wellness a multi dimensional solution that can address physical pain with a wearable and emotional and psychological discomfort with a mobile application through smart personalized recommendations mm-hmm. to actually improve the people's quality of life okay. because we have tons of peer trackers out there in the market but We don't have a solution that can not only get the data, but also offer you uh, like a personalized recommendation, individualized recommendation based on your habits, based on what you like, don't like, and what is good for you. For example, you asked about the AI part and machine learning that we are using for the recommendation part. We tell Sarah, Sarah, based on your BMI and your habits and your diet and, th- and everything about you that we know about, that if you do A, B, C and don't do X, Y, Z, you will be in less physical pain and more mental peace and mental, mental comfort uh, during your cycle. It can be a lifestyle recommendation or a medical recommendation.
0: I mean, I'm listening to you. Right. So obviously, I know that on the engineering side, like, you know, that information pound for pound cold and the listeners listening. okay, like he, he sounds very scientific. He knows his his general data. He knows his information. But I want you to kind of talk and tell the story about why did you get into this space? And I want you to kind of talk about, like, how did your what happened to your wife for a male to then step into this space and to know so much about it to the point to where you created this product?
1: Thank you so much for that question. Uh, for me, this product is a labor of love. Hmm. And I have a very personal connection uh, to the cause and everything about that. I've been married for 12 years. And I've seen my wife going through excruciating pain every month for days. As a partner, as an engineer, as an entrepreneur, I always wanted to do something about that. Hmm. But I always uh, were busy with different products um, um, other startups before this one. Until it was two and a half years ago that some personal things happened in our life that I told myself, enough is enough. And actually, I want to do something about that. I want to be part of solution. As a male who doesn't get to menstruate, but firsthand, I have a partner that I've seen her in the last 12 years, 10 years going through this pain. I want to build something, I want to do something. Hmm. So that was the start that uh, we looked into, into finding solutions for period pain and also then added that um, a holistic approach to be able to offer a complete package for menstrual wellness. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. The reason for that is that I believe that menstrual wellness is not just females thing. It is people thing. (laughs) Because it doesn't affect just 50% of us. It affects all of us. Straight or gay, either I am menstruating or I have a loved one who does. So it affects people in an individual level, in a family level, in a society level, and in the business level. So, I think it's time that we normalize the conversation around this. And also, using technology, um, we can create a more habitable and inclusive society and working space for all of us.
0: Hmm. I definitely appreciate that answer. And it kind of it goes to, to the credibility of who you are, right? I mean, obviously... In your career, this is not your first rodeo. You've had three successful exits. So I want you to kind of talk to that again. I mean, obviously, you have the opportunity to leverage those exits to kind of step into the space where you are right now. So let's talk about those other three exits.
1: Um, this is the, the – this is the, I had the honor. And actually, if I want to be honest, I got lucky. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is the third company that I, uh, I'm building as a co-founder. And um, uh, the other two exits that we have. Compared to other like Silicon Valley big exits, I, I consider myself semi-successful because I know very smart people, very successful people, billion-dollar exits. And uh, that's still on my wish list or on my um bucket list to get there. Mm-hmm. But In my own journey, everyone has its own journey, in my own journey as an immigrant myself, I was able to learn from the acquisitions that we had from the first company that was working and trying to build to learn about how to position the solution we are offering to to market, to our consumers, to customers, to not only add value, but only get loyal customers that they are repeating their purchase. They are working with you. So the first solution we were working on was a B2B solution. It was a software It was a software first and then a SaaS solution for the whole 3PL, 4PL uh, market and industry. And then I, I personally made a lot of mistakes to learn how to focus on problem solution fit. Hmm. That's the most important piece to start the whole product market fit journey. To start understanding the, the, the actual problem that our user has, our consumer has, and build whatever we are building as business around their immediate need. Not the need that they claim that they have, Grounded need that they actually have one two they are eager to pay us to solve and take care of their pain so sometimes there is a pain your user your consumer has a pain but when you ask them to pay to fix their problem they say "Eh, i'm fine thank you Mm -hmm. So this is one of the things that I've learned from the first one. The second one was around personal care. It was in the women's health space. It was a B2C business. What I learned from that is that how the decision-making process for um, different people in, in different countries, different income level, um, even genders, women and women are different the the whole thought process, the whole due diligence that they do before basically purchasing. Um, um, I educated myself about different channels, about how to utilize those those channels, about how to make a business, um, make a community around the business. You are so you are able to utilize everything that you have and position yourself for an acquisition. Mm -hmm. Because this is what I've learned. You never sell your business. You start building a good business, good base, and build a community around it. Mm -hmm. Build IP in the center of that. And when you do that, the other businesses... Even your your own customers and clients, they come to you to acquire you to partner with
0: you. Mm -hmm. I think it's definitely interesting. I mean, hearing you depict and and define those two other businesses. I mean, the first one was a primary, someone had a problem, a pain point, and then you solved it, you had the solution. And the second one, you kind of dive a little bit more into the psyche of the individual target market sector. And again, now where you are, you combine those first two. Now you're talking to females the target sector you're saying that you have a pain and i have the solution so obviously i think like you're well more than qualified to be where you are in this space and giving the fact that you have i'm not going to say like a live specimen that you live with but you live with someone that has been going through this to kind of test these philosophies out and obviously now you have a track record of how many installs do you currently have of this device
1: right now through the soft um launch that we had because we want to make sure that we put our solution out there immediately, as a, even though it's an MVP version, even though everything is not perfect, put it out there to make sure that we start building the community, get that super users, get that like early users on. Right now, without any promotion, without any marketing, we've got 20, uh, 23,000 downloads and a couple of thousand active users.
0: I mean, you say it so modestly, like, I mean... There's businesses out there who would die for those startup numbers that you're talking about. I mean, obviously, we haven't even talked about like the price point. So that leads me to my my next question. I mean, what's what's your price range or like your um average customer acquisition versus the actual numbers that you're gonna make?
1: We that was that, that that's a very good question. We wanted to make sure that um we understand our target audience. So we thought about like how we can know our target audience because, yes, the market is huge. It's one of the biggest markets and one of the uh, fast-gross markets, very high CAGR mm-hmm. year-over-year growth. Having said that, as a startup, we need to find that niche and that focus to start, get a good market share, and mm-hmm. then expand and be that holistic solution mm-hmm. that uh, through data collection and on delivering value to the user um, is able to scale and grow as part of the vision of the company. So, we decided to focus on Gen Zs and young millennials. And um, when you're, you're positioning yourself for Gen Z people, we needed to understand that we need to make an offer affordable solution for everyone. So, we decided to go with a subscription base. Mm and make everything affordable and use razor blade business model and basically offer the wearable for free as part of the subscription package so what we have is basically um, an all package for um, the premium version of the mobile application mm-hmm. which is basically five dollar per month 4.99 per month but it's an annual package and um, if you want to if you are one of the people that have experiences physical pain, its ninety nine ten is 10
0: per month. That's it. Okay. So, that, I mean, that makes perfect sense. So, I mean, let's just talk about you as an individual, right? I mean, obviously, you have an engineering background, and we kind of talked into the story about how did you get into this space. But if you could define yourself, if you can choose just three to five words to define you, what would those three to five words be?
1: student of startup ecosystem.
0: Hmm. I think that's definitely interesting. I mean, so let, let's go back to like your like you as a kid, right? So you you're talking about startup ecosystems. Like what kind of upbringing or what kind of kid were you? Were you a kid that was always like looking at business or analyzing businesses or did you kind of grow into that?
1: So um I'm the older brother and um so I always felt the responsibility of like taking care of my younger sibling and and also I learned early on that I am overthinker and overanalyzer so that's one of the things that it's it's it it's a two-sided thing for a, for a business person it's a it's a it can be a good things or a very bad things because you need sometimes you need to make decisions yes you can postpone your decision making to make sure that you have enough knowledge and enough data to make an educated decision with all the data that you have but sometimes in a of world you need to be fast enough to move on and um, get going even though you're not sure whether the decision you're making is the, is the is the best one or not as long as in that moment you know that it seems like the right decision um, you need to make it and move on and no it took me years and years and years of making mistakes so i i, I would always, i always say that for every page of success and now in my resume i have at least 10 pages 10 pages of failures mm-hmm. failed projects failed decisions bad decisions about so that is the reason that i think right now i'm still learning and um and in order for me to make better decisions i always make sure that as an entrepreneur myself um around myself but very smart people as my team members or as advisory board that I mitigate the risk of bad decisions, mm. because at the end of the day, as the co-founder of this business, um, everything is about the daily decisions that we are making about the business, like average three to five decisions every day. And if I am able to only mitigate the risk at least 20 percent, 30 percent in midterm and long term, it helps the whole business to be more successful so i do two things one advisory board which really helps and basically not just having them but listening to them and um, having the conversation and asking why 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 because sometimes they give you an opinion but you don't understand the details and when you ask why you notice that even they might not understand all the details so through conversing with them, you get to that good decision through problem-solving ladder. That I, I have a form when I'm working with uh, our advisors, I have a form that the first step is um, define the problem. What's a problem statement? Hey, hey Mark, um, I'm talking with you. I'm, I'm March health advisor. What is your problem statement right now that we're talking? Second step, What's the root cause for that problem? Why do you have this problem? Why this business has this problem? Hmm. Third one, what are the options as the solution on the table? And fourth one, to the best decision and choose true pros and cons of each of those options as a step three, how we can choose the best decision and implement it. What's the implementation process? So this is the form that I have, and I use this to work with um, our advisors and listen to them and learn from them to mitigate their risk. This is one step. The second one is to always hire people that are smarter than me. This is what I always try to do. That When I'm interviewing people, I, ask, I, I think about whether what as a team, we can learn from this person and how this person, um, can be, or is smarter than me in that specific field. Mm -hmm. Because if you are the smartest person in the team, it's not, it's not the right place to be actually.
0: Mm -hmm. I think it is definitely a, it's a profound philosophy. I mean, and it kind of goes back to what you were saying before with your with the other two companies. I mean, one of them was essentially a B2B company and then you went into a B2C company and right now you're you're B2C again to a certain extent. So, it leads me to my next question is kind of like those are two different monsters, right? I mean, B two B, you're dealing with, with, with like account executives. You may be dealing with like um, managers. You're dealing with like at least high profile individuals that could be A type personalities. But the the B two C, you could be dealing with those people's spouses. It could be husbands or wives that are like A type personalities that again could be cursing you out for something random. So my next question is between these two environments like what is the worst case of something that you've dealt with that you had to overcome dealing with those types of personalities you know obviously without naming names and
1: um, in terms of b2b part or b2c
0: either one i mean like the funny thing is, is like for you you have both sides you're thinking about it and i'm sure something yeah. is poking out in your memory to say okay that's probably yeah. the worst experience i've ever yeah. dealt with in that environment
1: yeah so um, for the first part of your uh, question, so yes, from far, it seems this is a B2C um, startup and B2C uh, business model. But this is interesting that we are getting good feedback from the other businesses that we are reaching out to them to be part of their wellness package uh, when they are, that they can offer to their employees. So uh, we are considering both uh, B2B2C and also B2C. Gotcha. For the second part, the interesting thing that I hear, um, I experience, two things. Some people, they tell me, oh, you're not menstruating, so you don't have any idea about um, menstruation problem, which is true. And um, I, as a co-founder of March Health, I I, I, want to be part of the solution part and I have a partner and first hand I've experienced in the last 12 years, how she's going through the pain and how I as a partner can be more supportive and understanding. This is one aspect. The second aspect is that as an engineer myself and team of engineering and doctors, we, we see this as a, like a medical and scientific um, um, thing that we need to find a solution for that so uh we are coming from that engineering and medical background to help to um, improve the quality of life for menstruating people this is one of the things that i um, sometimes at least one once a month I hear. other one is that so when we are talking with different investors there are um, some of them they are very knowledgeable the understanding of the market, the understanding of the whole business cycle and the whole growth the stages is is phenomenal. I personally learn a lot and sometimes um, rarely happens that some of them um, usually older generation, they have a hard time resonating with menstruation wellness, especially male older investors, some of them that Um, It might be hard for them to resonate with the cause, even though they understand the physical part of the pain, but when it comes to the mental agony and mental discomfort associated with menstruation, sometimes um, um, they have a hard time to resonate with the cause. Hmm.
0: So, Uh, Let me me play devil's advocate right here, right? So let's just say we're sitting down, we're having a discussion about this particular product, right? And you're saying that, okay, the lifespan of this particular product is, is somewhere between the ages of 14 to let's say 55 or so, right? So that, like I said, that's the lifespan. So you have a 40-year lifespan. Do you ever get any pushback to saying, well, what happens when when, when women go through menopause and this product is, is inert and then we have to kind of just restart that cycle to make sure we stay in the younger sector? Is that something that you've been faced with?
1: That's a very good question. So actually, as part of um, pre-menopause, um, stage our so this is not our primary market right now because we want to be make sure that we are focused laser focused on targeting our immediate customers, uh, which uh, which is for young millennials and Gen Zs. But uh, based on the technology that we are using, uh, one of the secondary m- uh, markets, which itself is a huge market, are premenopause. Mm-hmm. So yes on paper this solution can be used from 40 14 to 40 to 49 years old and even after that but in reality we've noticed that most of our customers are younger people Mm -hmm. that they are new to the pain new to the physical pain and they are not used to the physical pain part Mm -hmm. this is one aspect and um uh, uh, even with some like um, 35 years old people, 30 to 40 years old people, they might get used to the physical uh, pain, mm-hmm. but you never get used to that mental agony and mental discomfort. So we want to be a solution, and assistant to help them to have a better and easier um, cycle days.
0: Very interesting. So, I mean, obviously, there's probably has been a learning curve for you. I mean, you're coming from an engineer background. You obviously went to school for that. And, you know, I have a lot of engineers, friends, right? And again, like the mindset of an engineer is completely different than than where you are right now. So my next question is like, how long did you have to kind of learn that conversion and and get that softer touch to be in the environment that you're in right now?
1: Oh, my God. Um, You're so this is, a, this is a very good question. And we have a, a team of engineers as part of March Health. And um, and the one thing about engineers is that, that we are trained to be obsessed with the problem. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you have a problem and you get obsessed. You forget the timing. You forget the timeline. You. Forget sometimes even the deadline or the whole project, because you're stuck in that problem. You want to make sure that you find a solution for that and then move on to the next stage. One of the things that it took me a long time to teach myself and actually learn was to how to find a balance between being obsessed with that specific problem and at the same time seeing that big picture that. We might not be able, Mark, you need to move on. Even though you can't find a problem for this, you can't find a solution for this specific problem right now, mm-hmm. but that's totally fine. Let's move on. Let's be done with the project and um, uh, move forward, even though the quality is 80%, even though the quality is 70%. Because in a startup world, you always need to find that, Um, silver lining between being a high-quality solution or or being that fast-moving startup. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can be both of them, but if you have tons of money Mm -hmm. and you have a big team, if you have limited resources, sometimes, or in most cases, you have to compromise Mm -hmm. and be happy with 80% of quality, move on, move on. So, through agile product development, through short iterations back and forth between focus group users and the development team, you can always, always have time to uh, make things better and uh, more defined, Mm. but uh, you need to take care of your core first. Mm. If you, you have your core of the business, core of the solution, in place and fit as part of that problem solution that we were talking earlier um i've learned that you better move on move forward to um even if you feel that you're happy 70% there 80% there not 100% wow
0: i mean i'm definitely enjoying this conversation i mean it's 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 kind of ironic that it's two men having this conversation first of all right so i mean obviously for the listener i think like we're we're diving down a really deep hole to kind of really get the the answers that someone would be listening that would ask these questions so with you being an entrepreneur and you've had two successful exits before let's go back to your history a little bit. Like, are you coming from an entrepreneurial background? Like, where did you get your business savviness from? Was it your parents? Was it an uncle an aunt? Like, where is that coming from?
1: Actually, no, um, I'm coming from, um, I can't say middle, low, middle income family. Mm-hmm. My mom, um, uh, she was a teacher and for 30 years and, um, uh, My dad was working for health department Mm. um, and um, he was um, I've learned a lot from my parents, but the one thing now that I'm thinking about why I took this path, it's it's the passion that I have inside of me. It's like the fire for me that drives me about the cause. Okay. So the early conversation we had about like being an engineer, being obsessed with the problem, I think I get obsessed with the cost and the change. Um, I want to... The other day, my wife asked me, why are you working this hard? 16 15 hours per day and i said when i'm 80 years old and i look back at my career i want to tell myself that i was able to help millions of people and change their life for better improve their quality of life i even have a number for that i put 50 million people But to answer your question, for me, I think it was all about doing something, being obsessed with a cause, and then trying to deliver value. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know, but
0: yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So, I mean, but how does that work? Because it's like you're working these 15, 16 hours a day, right? And you're putting all this time and effort into it. And it goes back to you being an engineer, being obsessed with the problem. How do you then juggle and manage that with your family life currently?
1: Time boxing uh, really helped. Mm-hmm. Uh, making sure that every, every morning when I get up, uh, I I tell myself, what are the three things? you can do today to change the business so so i i per, I, I try to not get into the, the the stream of work the flow of work of the whole team because sometimes if you do that when you do that it's just it's, it's too much because like everyone wants to get your opinion for this, get your opinion for that. They have a problem here, they have a problem there. Yes, you need to take care of everything. And that's the reason that we have like scrum masters, product managers, team team leads, tech leads to be able to um, um, work with each other. And also, um, I always try to hire self-sufficient people mm-hmm. that they are not only are educated about the topic, but also brave enough to make the decision with the information that they have. Because I believe that at the end of the day, it comes down to like the three, a triangle, Um, when you give responsibility to an individual and that individual is accountable as a second one. And that individual also needs to have autonomy to make decisions. That individual needs to be authorized to make decisions to be able to be responsible and accountable for that specific part of the project and task. Okay. So having said that, uh, I try to not get into the details and micromanage the team. I try to focus on the three things that I can do every day to change the business and have, a, have an impact on the business growth. And after that, throughout the day, I try to focus um, through using time boxing um, um, early, early morning time. I start my day at 6 p.m., sometimes hard to get up, uh, like at 5.30, or 5.40. But uh, this is what I do, like um, a tea in the morning, uh, starting my day at 6 a.m., get a Quality time, focus time between 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. sometimes. And then uh, work and then evening times. Mm-hmm. Um, usually I spend one or two hours in the afternoon and evening time to um, think about the problem. Like passive thinking. Like I'm not actively trying to find a solution because I'm tired. It's almost the end of my day but um this is this might be interesting and strange for some people that when you're so tired and you can like literally just wanna sit and do nothing, for me, that might be the best time to even though i'm not doing i'm I'm doing nothing and that moment I'm just washing dishes or uh doing some chores at home it's the best time to think about different. Options and alternatives, or like literally daydream about the the, the next step of the business.
0: Hmm. Definitely interesting. Um, so, I'm just listening listening to you speak, and obviously your education is, is is split, right? I mean, you have an engineering education and then at that, some time in your journey, you kind of split and you started learning more about anatomy, more about bio, more about um, femtech and, and the, along those lines. So you had opportunity to write a book, right? So let's, let's talk about that book uh, again. I mean, like obviously you had multiple different careers. Why did you choose to write this book at the time that you wrote it? And what is the title of that book?
1: Um, the book part was by accident. That one of my professors, um, I was after my undergrad, told me that, "Oh, there is a topic that I'm interested to work on. Do you want to work with me?" And I said yes. The book's name is "Engineering Economy and Decision Making Analysis," and uh, it's like my baby. It took me um, around one and a half to two years um at nights especially to work on that or early very early mornings to work on that book and um it has been nominated as the um uh, the best engineering book i've learned a lot from that book about as an engineer myself how to um, do the feasibility study financial feasibility study technical tech, for the technology and um, for the society and um, uh, make the make better decision and also use like simulations online simulation before actually investing money and actually asking developers or people to develop something using simulations or trials or prototypes how to be able to test the ideas that you might have to see whether they are actually working or not
0: hmm. Hmm. so i mean with that philosophy i mean obviously you wrote that book without knowing you was going to be where you are right now but i would think that book is being applied to what you're doing today
1: yeah yeah
0: huh. that's very, very interesting so i mean with all of these things right i mean obviously you had your exit strategy now you're 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 essentially burning the candlestick on both ends to deliver this product, so where do you see the resolve of this product within the next twenty years? Are you thinking about selling it or is this some a legacy item that you want to kind of pass down to the next generation?
1: I don't know. It's a very good question, but it might be too early to think about the exit strategy for this business
2: mm-hmm.
1: right now. we are like 100% focused on building a solution mm-hmm. um, and advancing that solution to improve the quality of life. Mm-hmm. So the femtech industry and all the money from the like, VC world comes here it's like, mainly has been focused on fertility and pregnancy part. So the rest of femtech industry has been underserved and underfunded for so long. Mm -hmm. Recently, a year ago, uh, we see more investments to the rest of the women's health space, which is phenomenal, which is awesome. And hopefully this will continue. Um, Having said that, there are so many things that we can do in this space. Right now, we want to be a therapeutic solution in the uh, menstrual wellness space and then expand to be a a women's wellness and women's health solution using machine learning for the wearable machine learning for the therapeutic part of the recommendations and AI for the diagnostic part as we progress and move forward with the business with different underlying health conditions for our customers customer base. Mm -hmm. And um, we think that we can potentially position ourselves either for an acquisition or for um, even going public, Um, um, but um, it might be too early for that conversation. Right now, we are 100% focused on building the business, building the IP technology and building the community. And we make sure that we not only build that community, but we keep it live with high engagement rates.
0: So, I mean, I I think first of all, I think it's it's a hell of a product, right? I mean, it it solves a major problem. But in addition to it, you wrote an article. um, I think it was the title of it it was um, how femtech is leading the revolution in working life. And in that article, you were talking about, like, not necessarily discrimi- discrimination against women, but that women are essentially getting paid less because of they have menstrual issues or other things that may come up on a month-to-month basis. So I want you to kind of talk to talk to these women. So let's, let's say... I'm a businesswoman, I'm a director, or I'm a VP or an executive in a company, and I have an issue where once a month I'm going through pains, but I still have to be on the workforce. I still have to maintain what I'm doing from a day-to-day perspective. How do you then help them move forward to continue to be successful through your product?
1: That was a very good question. Um, The other day I was checking some data and... Only nine percent of menstruating people—they are hundred percent comfortable hmm. um, sharing their menstruation with their like team members and managers or others. And I think this is coming because of the stigma around the conversation and the taboo and the, the, like the the cult of workplaces culture. So one of the things that we are trying to do is to normalize the conversation and push the enterprise. Um, um, different enterprises to be able to create more inclusive and habitable working environment for everyone. Mm -hmm. So that is the, that's, that's the goal here. So because of that, we are, um, um, trying to like work with them, partner up with them through educations and courses through others to make sure that we actually uh, do this part.
0: Um, um, so what was the second part of the question? So, look at it from from a business standpoint, like someone, they're hitting these hurdles, how are you going to then, maybe, maybe rephrase it, what words of wisdom would you give to someone in that space? Now, granted that you're a male, but again, you're talking to a female, what words of wisdom would you give them to help them to push through those hurdles in conjunction with using your device?
1: Not a word of wisdom, but my learnings and my observations. Um, If you're a startup and you are in this space, or in general, you're in a health space, it's super important that you run those usability tests. Mm -hmm. And from the startup point of view, usability tests, run those focus groups, those questionnaires and surveys, and through short iterations, back and forth. Uh, we have, I'm a huge fan of like agile product development. So like, bi-weekly sprints, like everything, pre-planning, planning, review sessions, mm-hmm. retro sessions, and everything in between, and daily check-ins, daily stand-ups. So um, having said that, those short iterations between the focus group you have and a development team helps you to make sure that increases your chance of success with better understanding of the audience. If you are on the other side as part of the business and you wanna do something about this, I think the cultural part is the part that needs the most work that uh, through through partnership with businesses like our business or um, 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 because as part of the employees wellness packages and um, our some of our costs, the subscription costs are covered by insurance companies mm. for those employers so they don't even need to pay anything from their pocket it's just all about the willingness to start their journey to be to um, normalize the conversation in the workplace earlier you talked about the productivity part and women getting paid less than uh, men because of menstruation and others. Data and research shows that every menstruating individual uh, loses nine business days every year because of menstruation and period-related problems. And I think we should be able to um, um, offer off days, like what Spain is doing right now. And or or more flexible working environment that people can work from home or um, um, even not work, relax. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when you let your employee, your team member, to um, 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 take care of their, you know, their mind and body first, you can have more loyal people because. If you let them or not, they are in pain. So you need to be more understanding as an employer to let them to either take the day off, take day off, or be be flexible about be flexible about their the the, the the hours of working or the location of work so they can work from home. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. So if someone wanted to reach out to you that they're listening right now and they said, okay, I, I want to test this product out. I want to see if this will work for me. How do they get in contact with you? What website did they go to? What social media platform?
1: So our website is, um, March.health. So there is no .com or anything after that. Just type March.health. Mm-hmm. It's the name of the website and you can download the mobile application from, um, App Store for iOS and from Google Play for Android Android phones. And for the wearable, right now we are getting pre-orders because we have done all the design and all the IP here in our San Francisco office. And right now we are in the manufacturing phase to deliver the product in the next three to four months. So that's the plan for now. We are getting pre-orders and we have a very good discounts for people um who wants to pre-order them for themselves or for their loved ones it can be a gift for um i don't know for christmas or for valentine's day for your loved one or for your daughter or uh, for your partner Hmm.
0: very interesting so that kind of leads me into, into a couple bonus questions, right? And I think one of them, because I, I love brands, like brands is my thing. Like, why did you name the company March Health?
1: We had tons of names on the table. And even before March, um, for a short period of time, had the product's name was Anna, hmm. which, which I still like. But we were looking for a name that can uh, bring action. So March as a noun is the name of month. And we are in the business of like monthly cycle. Mm-hmm. And the month of March is uh, Women's International Month. And eight, um, March 8th. And March is the start of nature cycle the 12 month cycle starts from march and also march is this sort of spring which is for fertility and being fertile so this is a noun part for the verb part march brings action let's march for women's health let's march for women's rights let's march for women's equality and this is um aligned with our that that brand part that we're building brand, build community for that, and connect that community and that brand for a higher and bigger cause. And the cause that we want to connect ourselves is women empowerment. Mm. So, as part of that woman empowerment theme, the um, march was the best name for
0: us. Yeah, I mean, hearing you define it, I mean, obviously, you couldn't have probably picked a better suitable name for what you do and how you do it for sure, definitely so going into like my last bonus question if you could spend 24 hours with anyone all right this person could be dead or alive you'll have a window of 24 hours uninterrupted who would you spend it with and why
1: ah i have many can i spend like 12 hours, two hours with 12 people instead of 24 hours with each one. (laughs) It's up to you if you want
0: to split it up that way, right?
1: So, um, who's the best person
0: that they can learn
1: from? Many people. So, dead or alive, right?
0: Yeah, doesn't matter. Past or present?
1: Probably Steve Jobs. Because he was able to build, a, come from the hardware, so combine the hardware world with the software world. Hmm. So that's the one angle I can learn a lot from him. Two, he was a master of branding. Build a great brand. Three, in terms of the users' need he was ahead of um, the other players in the market in terms of the the, the user interface, the user experience and anything between. Hmm. So, so, yeah, Steve Jobs.
0: I mean, I, I can't argue with that. I mean, Steve Jobs is, 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 is an iconic figure that, to your point, he has merged software with hardware pretty seamlessly but you know he had to <laughs> hurt a lot of feelings in on that road to get to that point so um so in closing man I, I like to give opportunity to whoever I'm interviewing to then become the host of my show um Boston Cage podcast is now your show you're now the host of the show do you have any questions that you would like to ask me
1: so you're uh one of the best podcasts and uh, first of all thank you so much for having me for the great questions and uh, for the time to so we can deep dive into march health as business and also the personal question you asked about me thank you so very much the one question that i have is about what you've 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 talked with many people um i'm considering myself in the like a middle middle successful or semi-successful but like many successful people that you have interviewed that um what have you learned from them in terms of the similarities between them
0: yeah i would think it's because i I, I, i've I've diverse so much between like founders And then people that are highly successful versus people that have extra strategies. But I think the one common denominator across the board is that everyone that I've talked to that is on a success path, they're trying to solve something. Bottom line. No matter what that is, they're trying to solve a problem, whether it's a tech problem, whether it's a society problem, whether it's um, disease, no matter what it is, everyone is trying to solve something. It's like I don't know if we were just born and designed to say there's an issue, we need to fix it, but every single person, no matter where they are on their journey, that is the common denominator. Everyone's trying to fix something.
1: That was very good. That's food for thought for me
0: food for thought. I mean, you fall into that category as well, too. I mean, you had a problem at home and you was like, I, I can do this. I could fix this. And then you took that problem you made it into a business and now you're trying to help women across the world fix a problem that's been around since the dawn of time. So you're, you're fixing a problem, right?
1: That is true. That is true. Thank you so much. At the end of our conversation, I again wanted to thank you and thank the audience for everyone who is listening to this and ask for a favor. If you have time, just download the app and test that. And um, and if you want to help us, as a male myself who doesn't get to menstruate, and but wants to be part of the solution, not part of the problem, mm-hmm. um, we need your help. Um, I have a female co-founder, and um, I'm, I'm super lucky to have her as my co-founder. We have a great team of uh, females, males as engineers, doctors, OBGYNs, um, developers, and, uh, like, like every, everyone. Hmm. But if you think that you can help us, um, in terms of partnership, in terms of distribution in different countries, in your own city, in your own state, and your in, in, in the country that you're in, or you have network, uh, please reach out to mark at march.health, M-A-R-K at march.health. And um, let's, let's have a conversation because we need your help in order to be able to spread the word and move the needle a bit in this, um, for this problem in order to have more inclusive society hmm. for future society. And if you are an investor or listening, or you have an executive, you have money, or like you are a successful individual and you have a bit of money, we are starting our next round of fundraising. So we, with the with the investment we got so far, we were able to build a product, get to that this is stage. Based on what you've um, um, learned from today's conversations what you've heard, if you're interested to invest as part of the investment portfolio as part of the, the the next seed round that we are having. Again, reach out to mark at March.help and let's have a conversation about investment.
0: Great. I think it was definitely a pleasure having you on the show today. I mean, it was it was a topic that I think most people probably wouldn't think that it was related to business. But I mean, by all means, it's definitely business. But to the point that we said earlier, you're solving a problem that's been around since the dawn of time. So I definitely commend you for your journey. Keep on pushing. Thank you so much for your time. Definitely. S.A. Grant over and out. Or drop me your thoughts via a call or a text at 762 233 BOSS. That's 762 233 2677. I would love to hear from you. Remember, to become a Boss in Cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off. Listeners of Boss Cage are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful ebook become an uncaged trailblazer learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day download now at www.bossuncaged.com or slash freebook.